0: Welcome in to OutKick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Thursdays wherever you may be across this country or this world. Um, this is uh, the truest, most honest form of media there is and I appreciate you guys for coming along for the ride. We got a lot to get into Going to start giving you sometimes a roadmap of all the things we're talking about uh, to make it a little bit easy. College football 12-team playoff here starting in 2024. I'm going to break that down. Kanye comes undone in an interview with uh, Alex Jones. Student debt forgiveness headed to the Supreme Court where it will be shot down. Sam Bankman freed crazy interviews, outrageous reactions we will discuss. LeBron tries to argue Jerry Jones' story and Kyrie Irving's stories are similar. Fails epically. Don Lemon, based as my kids would say, based Don Lemon, uh, calls out the idea that women's athletes should be paid more. Uh, Mark Jones called Stephen A. Smith a coon. Stephen A. Smith has fired back. ESPN on ESPN Crime there. Uh, Apple Factories, credit to CNN, actually covering the disgraceful status of the factories that we are used to make many of our iPhones uh, overseas in China, we will discuss. And Twitter has admitted that they got everything wrong on the Hunter Biden story. And as a result, that default, there was a rig job in effect in the 2020 election. But I want to start with some positive news here. College football has officially announced that there will be a 12-team playoff starting 2024. So next year, we will still have a four-team playoff. But in the 2024 season, we will have a 12-team playoff. So we just have one more regular season with four playoff teams. We are moving to a 12-team playoff. I want to just take a moment to discuss how awesome this is for those of us out there who are diehard college football fans. And I think you'd have to acknowledge... That includes me. I know it includes many of you. We have been battling, fighting as hard as we possibly can for there to be a college football playoff going back 20-plus years. It's wild to me now to have three kids who are big college football fans and explain to them, hey, kids, back in the day, we used to have co-champs and the best teams would never play. Try to explain that to your kids if you're like me and you've got kids of your own, or some of you are young and you're watching now. Back in 1997, Michigan and Nebraska, if I remember correctly, both finished undefeated and they both got awarded a championship. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about. And then they didn't play. They never played. We just sat around and argued about who would win 1997 Nebraska or 1997 Michigan. And that was how the season ended. Nebraska played against uh, the University of Tennessee, if I remember correctly, down in Florida, maybe in the Orange Bowl. And then Michigan played against, if I remember correctly, Washington State, the Ryan Leaf Washington State teams out in the Rose Bowl. And then the season ended and the two undefeated teams never played. One from, at that time, the Big 12. The other one from the Big 10. They just never played. That's how the season ended. And we fought so hard to get the BCS where we would at least have one versus two be able to play. And we finally got that, I believe, in 1998, if I'm not mistaken. And then we expanded it to a four-team playoff. And now we're going to have a 12-team college football playoff. I think there are a lot of people that deserve a great deal of credit. But this 12-team playoff, and I understand some of you disagree, I think it's going to be incredibly great for the season. Because right now, you get to the November, and there's only about eight or nine teams that feel like they have a chance to win a championship. Now, when you get to November, there'll be 30 college football teams that believe, maybe even 35, start in November, maybe 40, hey, we have a chance to make the 12-team playoff if we win our games, if things break our direction. And I think that's going to be way better for the sport. And certainly it means every game will matter far more. Right now, look at how we're finishing the season. The only game, arguably, that really matters on this entire weekend of games coming up uh, is USC going up against Utah tomorrow. Arguably, no other game even matters. That's where we are because we kind of know already that Michigan, that Georgia, and I think that TCU are all into the college football playoff. So what's the point of so many of these games? There would be a lot more at stake if there were 12 available uh, playoff spots. So this is overall a super positive, I believe, for college football for the, uh, the scope of, uh, of the landscape of the sport, whether you're on the West Coast, East Coast, South, Midwest, wherever part of the country you're in, I think this is overall a really good story. All right, I want to talk about LeBron and how stupid he is. So LeBron is always wanting to talk about things that have nothing to do with basketball. And every time he talks about something that has nothing to do with basketball he demonstrates that, frankly, he's not that smart. Very talented at basketball. Very good at putting a ball into a hoop. And he's pretty good when you ask him basketball-related questions. But he's not very good at any other issue. And the more he talks about other issues, the more that becomes readily apparent. So last night, late night, after the Lakers game, the Lakers, by the way, a quarter of the way into the season are 8-12. and So the Lakers are a garbage team so far. Uh, And LeBron's career basically is ending on a negative note because his team is not good enough to compete for championships. So LeBron decided at the end of his media availability that he wanted to lecture the media because they hadn't asked him about Jerry Jones and this 65-year-old photo that was out in the Washington Post. But they had asked him about Kyrie Irving and that was evidence of I guess the media's bias against black people. That's the uh, argument that he's trying to make. So, a couple of things. One, Kyrie Irving, and I've defended Kyrie Irving probably more than almost any media member out there because I think he's been treated unfairly both for COVID and for, frankly, sharing a documentary link, which isn't the worst thing that anybody's ever done in the NBA, not even close to it, okay? So, LeBron says, why'd you ask me about Kyrie Irving and not Jerry Jones? Well... Kyrie Irving is a current NBA player that has been teammates with LeBron James. It's a big story directly related to the league that LeBron plays in and another superstar in that league. So whether you agree or disagree with the way that Kyrie Irving's story has been covered, and I actually think the media has been far too hard on Kyrie Irving, and I don't like the precedent of suspending him For sharing a link. But the fact that you would ask a LeBron James about Kyrie Irving is 1 billion percent relevant. Okay. Why would anybody think to ask a LeBron James about a 65-year-old photo of Jerry Jones from 1957 when Jerry Jones is an owner in the NFL and LeBron James doesn't really have anything to do with the NFL? And even the Jerry Jones photo from 65 years ago is really not that much of a story. I mean, the guy's 80 years old, and when he, was in 15, when he was 15 years old, he was photographed outside of a Little Rock high school dealing with the integration-related battles of the 1950s. But he's just standing there watching what's going on. Uh, regardless of what you think about Jerry Jones... Those are not similar stories. Jerry Jones didn't just do something that is of note. If Kyrie Irving was getting asked about something he did when he was six years old, that would basically be the equivalent, or 15 years old, if you want to directly analogize it. That would be at least somewhat similar, okay? So this is something that Kyrie just did in a league that LeBron plays in. Jerry Jones did something 65 years ago in a league that LeBron doesn't play in. So these stories are not remotely similar. And if LeBron was very intelligent, he would have recognized that. But no one's stopping LeBron James from being able to share whatever opinion he has under the sun about Jerry Jones. He could have started off his press conference by talking about Jerry Jones. He could have gone on social media and talked about Jerry Jones. He could have gone on his television show and talked about Jerry Jones. Why does LeBron have to get asked a question in order to share his opinion about Larry, uh, Jerry Jones? That is not uh, required, okay? But since LeBron wants to lecture the media and say, hey, why are you not asking me questions about non-basketball-related stories, I've got three questions for LeBron James, which are very pertinent, which directly go to his ability and knowledge. And I'm very happy to ask them. So I took a picture of my questions, LeBron, and these are the questions that I would ask. And maybe, maybe, just possibly, I need to get into a Lakers press conference one day and actually ask all these questions because, frankly, most people in the media that cover the NBA are too big of pussy willows to actually ask the questions, right? So, here are my questions for you, LeBron James. First of all, do you support basic human rights in China? Easy question. LeBron, do you support basic human rights in China? Because you've never given an answer on that question. You've always avoided condemning China for anything. You actually defended China when they held Daryl Morey way too accountable for his tweets seeking basic human rights in China. So, simple question for you, LeBron, since you want non-basketball questions. Do you support basic human rights in China? Second question. This directly involves you too. Do you believe Nike should make your shoes with slave labor effectively overseas or should they pay a living wage in America? I've made this argument for a long time. If LeBron wanted to make a real difference in Akron, he would say to Nike, hey, I want all of my sneakers made in the United States of America. I want a living wage paid to all employees, and I want you to build a factory in Akron, Ohio, my hometown. Nike would have to do it. So if you're going to ask American moms and dads to pay $200 for LeBron James's sneakers, Why doesn't LeBron say, pay a living wage, make my sneakers in Akron, Ohio, and employ underemployed Akron natives to make my shoes, pay a living wage to Americans instead of slave labor wages overseas? I'd love to hear LeBron's answer to that question. Third question that I would ask LeBron. LeBron, you and your team, that is the people who advise you, your staff, claimed someone wrote a racial slur on your $20 million-plus Brentwood mansion. Okay, Brentwood, super uh, uh, high-income area of Los Angeles. That house may be worth $50 million now, okay? Over $20 million, LeBron, paid for this mansion. You told us, LeBron, that someone scrawled a racial slur on your gate, When the Los Angeles Police Department showed up to investigate this, they found no evidence that a crime had actually occurred. And everyone in the media just dropped the story and pretended it didn't exist anymore. Why have you not apologized or explained that story? The LA Police Department showed up at your house minutes after they were called and found no evidence of what you claim, that is a racial slur, scrawled on your gate. Amazingly, the the camera, security camera, that you have that looks directly at your gate, it wasn't working. And there was no footage of what might have happened at that gate. And also, your staff immediately repainted the gate without providing any evidence that it ever happened, which is why the Los Angeles police investigated this and determined that there was no evidence a crime had happened. Those are three questions for you, LeBron, since you want non-basketball questions and you want to weigh in on Jerry Jones-like stories. I look forward to hearing your response, LeBron, and keep your head on a swivel. At some point, your boy here may decide, since everybody in the NBA media is filled with woke losers who won't actually ask questions, Keep your head on a swivel, LeBron. I'm going to show up at a Lakers game someday, and I'm going to be in the press availability, and I'm going to directly ask you all three of these questions. So study up, decide what your answers are, and get ready, because your boy, who ain't afraid of anybody, is not a member of the woke NBA media that's going to suck up to you. I'm going to come and actually ask non-basketball questions. In the meantime, you have an open invitation. I will have you on to talk about every opinion you have under the sun. Just you and me. Doesn't have to be in person, although I'll do it in person. We do a wins and losses podcast. You can share every opinion you've ever had about any issue under the sun. And I'll allow you to share your opinions. And I'll ask questions with you. Open forum. You can have the floor. Monster audience. I'll also tell you, hey, you can come on the Clay and Buck show. Biggest radio show in the country. Millions of people listening every single week. Heck, you name the place. You name the time. I'll be there and you can make whatever arguments about whatever people anywhere in the world that you want to make. And I'll come and ask questions and I'll give you a forum. You afraid? You chicken? Get ready. At some point, if you don't come to me, I'm going to come to you. That's a promise. And right after that, we'll continue the discussion. But first, a momentary break. Don Lemon. Don Lemon, who basically turned into a insanely woke crazy man during the Donald Trump administration. They fired him off of his primetime show on CNN that nobody was watching. And they put him on a morning show that nobody watches and I give credit to Don Lemon for actually saying the truth, which is rare on CNN, said, you know what? The reason why women's athletes don't make more money, just capitalism, because not that many people care about women's athletics. And so his co-hosts were in, in, in disarray over that commentary, but it's the truth. And then he went further and said something else that's very true. The women who play soccer, are nowhere near as good as the men who play soccer. So everybody out there who's like, our U.S. women are best in the world. Well, yeah, yeah. Because most women in the world don't get the opportunity to have their parents spend tens of thousands of dollars on them playing sports. In fact, most women around the world don't have basic human rights. They can't even wear shorts, much less have their parents wealthy enough to spend tens of thousands of dollars so you get to go play soccer, okay? More power to these women. I root for the U.S. women to win when they play against other countries. But they would get obliterated if they played the U.S. men. If the U.S. men soccer team played the U.S. women soccer team and they played for 90 full minutes and the goal was for the U.S. men to To score as many points, uh, score as many goals as possible. I think the US men would beat the US women 30 to nothing. I'm not even kidding. I think if they played 90 minutes and the US men, let's say they got paid a million dollars for every goal that they scored, I think the US men would win 30 to nothing against our women. And that might be low. Moreover, I'm not sure that the US women could even get the ball and take a shot on goal the entire game. They're not going to make it. But I don't think the U.S. women's soccer team, if they were playing a 90-minute game against the U.S. men's team, I don't think they could take a single shot on goal the entire game. The men would possess the ball the whole time. They would score 30 or more goals if they played 90 minutes, and it would be an absolute destruction. Okay? That's the truth. So for anybody out there who's like, oh, our women are better than our men. No, they're not. They just have basic human rights, which is why the U.S. women should have used their time on the national stage instead of wearing p- pink hair or purple hair like Megan Rapino and bragging about how they weren't going to go visit the White House. They should have used their time on the global stage to say, hey, the reason why we're so good is because basic human rights exist in America for women and women's athletes have the opportunity to play sports. Every World Cup match, you can basically pick the winner of the Women's World Cup match based on how much human rights the women have in the country. That's the truth. That's a big deal. It's part and parcel of so much about what America gets right and why we are the biggest and best country in the history of the world. But instead, the U.S. women ran around talking about how awful Donald Trump was. They denigrated America on the world stage instead of lifting up America and asking the rest of the world to meet and match and maybe even surpass America's women's athletes by giving basic human rights to women and giving them the ability to play sports. Kanye uh, is, uh, is, is lost his mind. Look, Kanye West is a wildly talented musician, artist, however you want to classify him. But he's not well right now. I watched some of the clips of him on Alex Jones's show today. Uh, and he went on and said, basically, Hitler wasn't that bad of a guy. And I'm paraphrasing there. But if you ever find yourself in a position where you are saying, yeah, Adolf Hitler wasn't that bad of a guy, You've lost it. You have... uh, Look, I don't know about Kanye West being anti-Semitic. It sounds to me, frankly, like he is anti-Semitic because one of the things you would say if you were anti-Semitic is Hitler wasn't that bad of a guy and he had some decent ideas. It's basically what Kanye West said today on Alex Jones' show. Um, And I just hope he gets well. And uh, look... He's lost it. And I hope there are people around him that can help him get well because obviously he is a very smart and talented artist. And I've defended Kanye in the past, but I can't defend anything that he said on Alex Jones' show today. Um, And he is spiraling off into oblivion. And frankly, this doesn't feel like it's headed in a place where it ends well. And I think you guys all know What I mean by that, when artists or people in the public eye start to behave in an inconsistent manner and spin out of control, and they're surrounded by people who are not helping them to be better, this does not go well. Uh, So I don't even know hardly what to say, except that I hope uh, Kanye gets the help that he needs and that at some point in the future, he comes back and he's better off and he acknowledges that uh that my goodness, uh, Hitler not a good dude, which doesn't seem like a very high standard to meet, but here there's where we are. Um, student loan forgiveness. Joe Biden tried with the stroke of a pen to forgive four hundred billion dollars in student loans. And when that happened, I immediately told you, I said beyond a shadow of a doubt. I said, this is not difficult. Uh, It is unconstitutional to be behaving in this manner, to be spending $400 billion without Congress being involved. This is a relatively uh, easy, slam-dunk, unconstitutional action by the president. And what Biden did was he made a calculated decision right before the midterms to try to get young people to go vote because he was canceling their student debt even though he knew that it was unconstitutional. And if you go back and you watch or you want to go back and read my tweets, I told you exactly what was going to happen here. I told you that that was not going to be permissible, that it was not going to be allowed, that it was going to be struck down as unconstitutional. What's happened? It's now in front of the Supreme Court. They're going to have a hearing. And then next summer in June they are going to strike down this uh, action. Now, you want to cancel student debt, take it to Congress, have the House and the Senate pass it, and then you sign the legislation. That is how you would do it. You cannot spend $400 billion canceling out student loans without Congress being involved. I told you that. Anybody who argued otherwise should be called out for being a fraud and not understanding basic separation of powers or basic constitutional law. But a lot of media members, they carried the water. They tried to pretend this was possible. It isn't. And come June of next year, it will officially be struck down and then Democrats will blame, oh, the Trump appointed justices. They didn't allow... Yeah. But the truth of the matter is the president doesn't have authority to spend $400 billion without involving Congress in a method such as this. Speaking of $400 billion, wasn't quite $400 billion, uh, but Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF, is going around doing interviews saying basically, hey, I didn't know what was going on. I'm not responsible for this multi-billion dollar fraud that has unfurled. And the reality is you are. Because you intermixed the people's holdings in FTX, their crypto, and then you essentially used their money as leverage to run your own hedge fund and placed a lot of bets that were not supported by the uh by the structural organization. And then as soon as people started to wonder, wait a minute, is my money safe? You experienced a bank run, essentially, which caused the entire company to go bankrupt and all of the value of your entity to disappear effectively overnight. It's crime. It's fraud. Um, and I will be stunned if Sam Bankman-Fried isn't arrested, put on trial, and likely to spend much of the rest of his life behind bars. Uh, the fact that he's doing interviews from a legal perspective, I think is crazy. Uh, but he's trying to set the idea that he didn't know about the fraud that he was perpetrating. I don't think that's going to work at all. And how about the New York Times conducting an interview and then giving him a round of applause when he was done, he is Bernie Madoff. And I believe that his Ponzi scheme, essentially, that blew up on him will put him behind bars for the rest of his life. Uh, Mark Jones, not he's gone crazy, right? Mark Jones, some of you know, he calls college football games for uh, ESPN. I think he also does NBA games. I, I don't know. He was actually a fairly talented broadcaster, until he lost his mind during the Trump era on social media. Uh, And this Mark Jones guy really went crazy. Was it last year or the year before that, when he said that he would no longer accept police escorts uh, to college football games because he was afraid the police were going to kill him? It's crazy. His brain is broken. And he now sits around on social media all day, and his brain gets more and more broken. And he recently liked a tweet calling Stephen A. Smith a coon for Stephen A. Smith's opinion of the Jerry Jones 65-year-old story. And so what's wild about this is Stephen A. Smith has responded and basically called out Mark Jones without using his name. But what about ESPN on ESPN editorial standards here? If you call your coworker a racial slur, most businesses would have consequences for that. And I don't blame Stephen A. Smith for looking around and being like, look, I'm busting my ass every day. I am the most talented, I think this is true, and the most important, and the hardest working employee at all of ESPN. I think that's true of Stephen A. Smith. I respect the work because it's not easy to do as many hours of television as he's doing. It's not easy to do as much media as he is doing. I think he's talented. I think he's... Really entertaining on television. But if I'm Stephen A. Smith, I'm looking around saying, wait a minute, you let this dude, who doesn't even matter that much, Mark Jones pretty easy to replace. You let this dude inside of our own company call me a racial slur because of an opinion I have that I shared on the ESPN Airwaves and there are zero consequences? I'm sorry, if I'm Stephen A., he may be a better dude than me. I'm looking over at Mark Jones. I'm saying, you better do something to this crazy dude calling me a coon. Racial slur insult when he doesn't even matter to this company and I'm out there making ESPN tens of millions of dollars on the shows that I'm doing. I'm sorry. There should be consequences. Uh, And the fact that ESPN is afraid to to levy basic uh, truth here and say, hey, you can't, racially insult a co-worker and expect for there not to be consequences. If I'm Stephen A, I'm looking back and saying, all right, I see how scores being kept here. I'm going to take you to the woodshed when my contract comes up again and you are going to pay me for the silence that you are providing right now when it comes to allowing fellow employees to call me a racial slur on the air. Got to be honest with you. I'm on Stephen A's side here. Uh, Twitter has come out and said, oh, by the way, this guy who was in charge of Twitter site security and misinformation, my, he said, my bad. Effectively, my bad. We got it all wrong on the uh, on the story about Hunter Biden. New York Post, they banned the Hunter Biden story right in advance of the 2020 election. Two years later, dude in charge of it at Twitter says, my bad, my bad. But you allowed the election to be rigged. My bad. My bad. But you claim that you care about democracy and you didn't allow an important story about Joe Biden and his dealings with foreign uh, nationals to be shared in advance of an election. My bad. Now, here's where the real rig job is. They had Rudy Giuliani under surveillance. The FBI did. They were seeing everything that he was doing. They had his phones tapped. They knew that he was working to try to get the Hunter Biden laptop story written. They also knew that the Hunter Biden laptop was 100% real because it was already in their possession. So let me ask you this question. Who at the FBI decided to rig the election in favor of Joe Biden? And if we truly care about democracy, why in the world is there not an all-hands-on-deck investigation into who inside of our FBI rigged the election in favor of Joe Biden? Because the FBI, according to what has been told to us by Mark Zuckerberg and also inside of Twitter, had security briefings for all of these big tech companies warning them that a story like this was coming. Because they knew, because they had already hacked into Rudy Giuliani's phone. So who made that choice? Who decided to rig the election in favor of Joe Biden inside of the FBI, and why are they not being charged with crimes? That is a very significant question that deserves to be examined. And I hope Elon Musk is going to release a lot of the -the behind-the-scenes details about what went into this story. But we already know, because Mark Zuckerberg told Joe Rogan, that there was an FBI briefing warning Facebook that a story potentially of Russian disinformation was coming and they should be prepared to block it and keep people from being able to distribute it. It's important. Finally, Apple. Did you see, give credit to CNN, did you see the story about all of the factory shenanigans going on inside of Apple's overseas factories. Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, has to answer for what's going on there. Uh, There appear to be rampant violence. Uh, They are locking doors. They're basically imprisoning workers. No American corporation, in my opinion, should still be doing business inside of China. Remember how quickly everybody bailed on Russia when they invaded Ukraine? What China has done and is doing is far worse than what Russia has done over the last 15 or so years. The fact that any American corporation is still doing business with China is indefensible. And our new Republican House and Republican Congress needs to do massive, massive investigations into what has gone on there, in particular. There are reports that Apple is dismantling certain parts of the iPhone to keep protesters from being able to communicate inside of China at the order and at the behest of the Chinese government. Flat out unacceptable. This is a story that should also be examined at the highest levels of our government. And the fact that the Biden White House is worried about what Elon Musk is making decisions on Twitter while Apple... Is imprisoning, beating, and, uh, and 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 breaking scores of American laws with the way that they are treating employees in China, while also helping the Chinese government to put down any protests against Chinese uh, Chinese decisions being made in that dictatorship, is unacceptable. And Tim Cook should have to answer for it at Apple. All right, I love all of you. I got a kids basketball game to get to be live tomorrow on the radio show D-Bap unless you need to S-Bap I am Clay Travis this has been Outkick the show